It works. Streamyard. <laughs> it hit me with the the thing, the thing that the ducks. In, no, in, in the the message that in so many words says that the trial is going to end, but I they really need some fine print because it's not worded very well. I don't know where they're from, but they might not be English. <laughs> English great. Yeah, they're from. Uh, welcome to building up to it, episode ninety six. Almost there. 97, 98, 99, 100. Including this one, five episodes before we beat Toy Detox to 100. Let's do it. We'll hit it next one. We're month. gonna. We're gonna. And Spiros will be sad. Hey, it's a casting call. If you'd like to be on Building Up to It, come let us know. Hit us up any way you know how. Be one of our uh, renowned guests. Guest. <laughs> our we esteemed had, colleagues are special guests special guests friends of the show frequent friends of the show whatever you want to call it infrequent uh, friends of the show we have a lot of those <laughs> we'd love to hear what you have to say so let us know if you remember the child army it might be even more interesting if you can get online you know, uh, oh, you know, you know who we're looking for. Paul and I were talking about this earlier. We're looking for somebody who doesn't like Lego anymore, but used to like Lego. I think, and also wants to commit to this podcast. It'd be a fascinating conversation, and certainly a fascinating, um, a, a different perspective uh, on 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 all the stuff that we either love or don't love. And Chris and I already have different perspectives. But to, yeah. to get that perspective is one that we that, that neither of us can really uh, provide because we've all we've both gotten back in at some point. So we we, really we like that. to get somebody who would have a real reaction to some of the Lego news because they might not be completely plugged in, but they might have used to be plugged in, and we want to get an opinion of somebody who's not going to buy it, like the way it was, maybe doesn't like the way it is now, and can tell us why. So if that sounds like you, hit us up in the comments below <laughs> or at any of our social media contacts, which we talk about at the end of the show. Yeah, we do that. We definitely talk about that. So I don't think I got anything this week. I I figured out why I wasn't getting any sales, and I fixed it. What about you, Paul? Uh, I did not do anything this week either, Lego-wise. Um, last week was... Citizen Brick, and so I did a lot of looking online <laughs> the, the, the Citizen Brick aftermarket and determined that, yeah, I was right before. I'm not getting anything that I've missed out on, so I'm not going anywhere near some of those uh, aftermarket prices. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, we, when, when you had posted about how you had kind of changed your business model back, um, I uh, it's, it's not something that I ever would have done kind of consciously, but certainly subconsciously. I was one that would have avoided anything with a, with a minimum purchase requirement um, as little or as big as it may be, because even though like most of my orders have always been way larger than, than, than your, what your minimum requirement was, I would have just skipped it just, just out of in principle. And, uh, and just kind of, cause I assume it might be hard to get up there. So I don't even bother. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll go into that. That's like the big, the big topic of the week, which we're going to try to get through pretty quickly. We have a, we have a rootin' tootin' uh, roulette roundup uh, bracket head-to-head later on. Gonna it's going to be interesting. 
It's very interesting. Both I haven't been able to make up my mind yet. <laughs> they're sequential years, and they both have under 200 sets per year. And they both are, in my opinion, in the heyday of good Lego system. They are good that's, stuff. That's me, though. And they're, that's, that's my they're... bias. That's my 90s is the best Lego bias. <laughs> uh, even if you don't feel that, I think you'll you'll probably agree that there are a lot of similarities between the two years as well. So, hey, uh... Gort, who's this guy? Oh, I don't remember that guy's name. I know who he is, but I don't remember his name. This is... Uh... Roger. Return of the Jedi glass. It's Roger. <laughs> Gort would know who that guy is. <laughs> let us know. So I think you might have that what, figure. <laughs> so <laughs> three and three quarter inch with of course. POA. <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the month, I instituted a minimum purchase price on my Bricklink store of $10 because I have other things I need to attend to and I wanted to throttle the orders, which is a polite way of saying, I don't want your business right now unless unless you mean business. <laughs> it's not worth the time for me to go back and and pick out your five pieces. No, there's there's other stuff that needed to get done at my store. So I thought, all right, let's let's slow the orders down by ensuring that they're either larger orders or overall fewer orders. So we can process some bulk, list some other parts, uh, build some used sets, clean up the, the store in the front, whatever we need to do. Let's, uh, let's change things up. I'm here to tell you that that was a big mistake, the minimum buy price. And it's a very interesting psychological dilemma, the minimum buy. Uh, Bricklink has always had a minimum buy that you can turn on or off. They always had a bypass password, which you can set up. So uh, if somebody asks, hey, can I place an order under that amount? And if you want, if you're going to allow it, then you can give them the password. They can type that in and boom, no more minimum buy. Uh, they also have in recent years instituted a automated lot limit system, which they didn't used to have. There's always been stores that have instituted lot limits, which is basically... Uh, punishing a buyer for not placing an order that is 100% in the seller's favor. Um, and it used to be something you you would apply manually to orders. So you see the order come in, you go, ooh, that order sucks. Add a fee on it. Hit, some, hit them with some fees. Now they have it automated where you, um, you, know, you can't place the order unless you meet certain specific limits on the things that you are ordering. But I'm not talking about lot limits. I would never do that. I think it's dumb. I understand its place, but I think it's dumb. Minimum buy, I thought would be harmless. I was looking at all the orders I get. Um, before this, I was getting four to 500 orders a month. And very, very few of them were under $10. So I figured, okay, $10 is fine. I'll put a $10 limit on there. Not thinking that uh, people don't even attempt to look at your store if there's a minimum buy, which is interesting because I took away the minimum buy like three days ago. So it's $0 is the minimum buy. 
I guess one penny is the minimum buy, technically. Can't really place an order for free, now can you? Um, free poly bank. Since I lifted the minimum buy to now it's $0, very, very few, like five in 40 orders were under $10. So that means the minimum buy wasn't really affecting very many at all of the people who are placing orders. And I was, I was posing a question earlier on Instagram, because there's been a big, I posted this thing on Instagram, Facebook's big discussion about it, but I was posting the question earlier. If you could uh, omit your minimum bra- minimum buy from your store terms, like not have it show up at all, where it, it automatically shows up whenever you have a minimum buy, it's it's right there in your face. If you could omit it completely so no one knew you had a minimum buy, and the only way you found out there was a minimum buy is if you filled a cart and went to checkout and it was under $10, and you're like, oh, oops. But anyone who filled a cart over $10 didn't even know there was a minimum buy. I don't think very many people at all would be upset because it seems... Because of the amount of people who placed an order that was under $10 versus over $10 when there was not a minimum buy, because that number was was so great, it seems as if people don't have a problem spending over $10. They have a problem with the idea that they might spend $10. Once you fill the cart, it doesn't really matter how much money is in that cart. You're going to buy it. But if... It's very weird sticker shock of ten dollars. I'm never going to spend that. But if if it didn't say ten dollars in front of you, you would have filled a cart over ten dollars anyway. Yeah, um, I can certainly speak to that. So so that that's exactly it. My my orders have always been over ten dollars. However, um, I I will 100 percent acknowledge that when I see a minimum buy on there, um, I'll just try to I'll just go to a different store. I'll go to the next one on the list um, that. Uh, that does not have a buy or that has a very low buy at, at the very minimum, at the very most. It has, if it does have one, then it's got to be low for no reason whatsoever other than just psychologically. I, I don't like doing that. Um, it's it, like you just said, I am very, very, very rarely affected by a $10 buy because I usually would not just make a $10 purchase and ship it out. Usually the thing, my determining factor is always, how much do I have to spend to get free shipping or, or something like that? It's usually one of those um, where um, there's got to be some, if, if there is some kicker, the only, the only time I, would, I, I can ever f- foresee being less than a $10 order is if it's something like you have where you can just stockpile it, have us pull the order, but you won't pay for it until basically your pile of loot kind of feature where it's just you can throw it in there and we'll pull it and then so it'll be there waiting for you when when you're ready to ship it out. That's probably the only time that I would have an under ten dollar order. Otherwise, like I, I I don't know if I'd go to Bricklink for just four pieces or, or something like that for the, the the four one by one tiles that I need in this specific color. Like it's it's something like that is not is not worth it to me to go through that 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 process and that hassle. I'd rather the, the, the there are easier ways and more immediate ways to get the four pieces that, I, that I'm looking for or something like that, unless they're rare pieces. Like 
I'm, I want it now if I can get it. The only thing, like, I, I, it's not worth it to me to spend just fifty cents on something just to just so that I can do it and then to have to pay for shipping or whatever. Like, it's it certainly is not worth it for me to to to, to do anything like that. So, all those little thresholds are are usually just there in order to 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 have me get a, to place a bigger order somewhere. But even all that being said, whenever there is a minimum purchase amount, I still don't usually like to do that. I don't like the minimum count, minimum piece amount either. But again, for no real reason, because I've never, I'm, like, like I said, I'm not going to place an order for three pieces, even though if someone has a minimum, like a minimum order of three pieces, I'll still skip right by it. But just, it's, it's purely psychological. And I think... I'm going to blame Amazon for this because Amazon, once you get Amazon prime and can just, yeah, I'll order that ship. I'll order that too. ship. If you know, I, you, I ordered you, something today, just like I need this thing. Bye. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, I'll even order five. I let's just say five, four, four items in a day, five items in a day and have five different orders for those five separate items. Just because Amazon is so conveniently constructed now their business model is such that i've gotten very accustomed to being able to just yeah click it go click it go you know you know what's weird psychologically um is that i will on amazon when i need something cheap like under ten dollars cheap i will put it in my cart and i will think really hard about what else i can add to that cart because i still have this weird the old old amazon mentality weird no because like i think i've pretty much always had prime but this weird stigma about oh i gotta make it worth their while with with shipping this like i don't want them i i know if i place orders within succession they'll they'll lump them together anyway in the shipment if Mm -hmm. they can but i'm like i can't place a five dollar order that's not fair to anybody let me let me see what i can tack on to this i don't feel bad about that anymore but I do feel weird. If, strangely, if I'm in a drive-through like a McDonald's or something like that, and I say all I wanted was a pop or a coffee, like an iced coffee, something like that, I feel bad to just order one item, <laughs> and then so I will order more, just so like because because I, I feel bad to make them go through the effort for one thing. I'm not gonna just get one breakfast burrito or like one drink or something like that. It usually ends up being more stuff just because i feel bad i'd like to get a guest on the show we can interview (laughs) about i want to interview somebody who has used the drive-thru to get one fountain soda and that's it i'm pretty sure my wife that is is a that is a scary individual (laughs) my my wife loves fountain fountain sodas and she particularly loves pepsi so she loves a fountain pepsi and she will go just for a fountain pepsi she was she even stops at costco She'll go into Costco to get a fountain Pepsi. You can get Coke and Pepsi on the fountain in Costco. You can, but she's a Pepsi person, and it's only fifty nine cents. So she will she will put forth the effort to park and go into she'll navigate the Costco just to get the fountain Pepsi only, and then come back out. That's more. It's far more effort than I that I would be willing to put that, into that, it. That reminds me, effort wise, of uh, I got an order this week. Shout out to this guy. Um, he wanted one tile. One green tile. Turns out it was an expensive tile. It was a used tile, so it just, you know, it was in the bulk. It got all the tiles got sorted. They got uploaded. I didn't know it was expensive. I don't look at the individual prices of parts. I just 
set them to the average and I upload them. So when something is expensive, I don't always even know about it. Uh, but he wanted one tile. He's like, I don't want to pay four, $4 shipping for one tile. Can't you put it in an envelope and mail it like a letter? I was like, that's not machinable. I can't do that. And he goes, what if you just put it between a piece of paper in the envelope? I was like, if you want me to try, I will try. What's machinable? Uh, the letters run through this. You know when you oh, get your receipt at the bank and they yeah, put yeah, it yeah. in a thing and it sucks it through and it prints yeah. on the on the side of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, machinable. Um, I'm sure it's nothing like that, but that's the best example <laughs> I can give. I mailed it out. Uh, they wanted... You know, obviously they wanted to reduce shipping because they wanted me to mail it as a letter. So I was like, "All right, place it. Request a quote. I'll in, I'll add a custom postage instead of the automated postage, and that'll be that." Um, and then I said to somebody, "I was like, so I, I charge them one dollar for postage because it's it's the stamp with fifty cents, and then you know the envelope and the envelope and paper. Yeah, I have to. Um, well, actually, I use the." Uh, I use the leftover uh, the wax sheets from the the labels I print on, so it's oh, like a, it's yeah. a two up uh, label paper, and I just every I have a couple extras like usually they get recycled, but I have a couple extras in case I need to send something in an envelope, and I just use that, trifold that instead of using regular printer paper, same size, uh, but it's basically trash already. It's unusable at that point. Um, I said to somebody, you know what? I bet they spent more than $3 worth of time <laughs> arranging this transaction than if they had just spent $4 on shipping. It's the principle of it, man. It's, it's the whole, you know, that, that Drake meme, like uh, $45 and $8 shipping? No, but 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 certainly I'm not spending $65, but free, but free shipping. Yeah. Like that's, it's totally true. It's all psychological. Like I'll spend more money just to get the free shipping because I'm stupid like that. And I don't want to pay for shipping. I mean, that, that's a common thing. We, we, yeah. we all do that. What's, uh, what's uncommon in, in, in my head is the, I'm going to spend more than $10, but they're telling me I have to spend $10. So I'm not going to spend any dollars. It's all it's all psychological. Again, it like like you said. I think if there was a minimum purchase amount and it just was not emblazoned on the front, what that what that amount was, or that there, that there was a minimum purchase, nobody would notice and nobody would care. It's it's a very small amount. And then at that point, like you said, when they're when they're in the cart and let's say they're at six dollars, the minimum purchase is ten. They'll probably find something else to to make it an even ten dollars or. The the extra effort might be to make it exactly ten, but like it'll be the the, the, the I'm sure they'll be able to find some more stuff to make it an even ten dollars. I guess I uh, would. I um I think it's a good thing to use if you're going on vacation, if you're physically moving your store, or if you're just really busy doing something else. You put a minimum buy on, and all of a sudden you're going to get next to no orders. But the orders you get are going to be worth your while. So I can see its usefulness there, but I'm kind of gun shy to the idea of a minimum buy at this point. I've heard people saying that their one, two, three, and five dollar minimum buys haven't led them astray. But I'm I'm not going to put one on 
if, at, if at the point, only minimum buy that I can get behind <laughs> is a 30 cent minimum buy, because PayPal charges, what, 2.9% plus 30 cents, or 3.9% plus 30 cents on international. So I could see 30 cent minimum buy, because you're going you're gonna to lose that. Although, does PayPal take 30 cents if the total transaction is under 30 cents? I don't think they do. I don't think they can. I, I honestly don't know. I've never like PayPal less money. than 30 cents. <laughs> like if you bought something all in and it was under 30 cents, goods and services on PayPal, would they take <laughs> the 30 cents still? I imagine it would be, it should be less, but, but there's no reason why they would need it to be less. They can, they certainly could charge that full amount. Um, they, just but, take, take, they take money out of your account for that but, sale. But who would do it? <laughs> Who's going to PayPal for 30 cents? Um, maybe that's what they're banking on is like, when, when would these transactions ever take place? Yeah, it's, it is just, it, it, it's purely psychological, all this stuff, but it's real. And it's, it's, I don't, I don't really know why, but I, I certainly feel a way about those kinds of things for no real reason. As, as we talked about, like, it rarely affects me, or it it really should affect me. Um, so it makes no difference in my purchasing because to ten dollar minimum is not. I I wouldn't be on there if I was only going to place a, a three dollar order. Like it just, if I'm going to have to pay more for shipping than I would for the actual item, I usually won't buy the item because I'm that I'm that person. So if I'm going to pay shipping, I'm going to at least make it worth my while somewhat and amortize that shipping cost amongst a more expensive purchase, which might not be the most financially responsible mindset, but it certainly is one. If you don't like paying for shipping, it will make it seem better when you, well, if it's, it's going to be the same amount for anything up to a pound for a first class mail. So I'll, I'll order a pound of Lego or something like that, like that. I might as well just do that. Um, so I will always spend more than, than what a minimum purchase typically is. But again, I still just don't like it. I'm just, I want to say I'm weird that way, but I've, but clearly I'm not alone in thinking that way. A lot of people feel that way. So it might be. I just think it's real interesting that if you didn't know I had a $10 minimum buy, you still would have spent over $10 statistically. Yep. Yep. I I, I think you knew it. You didn't spend anything. And the thing is that like, you're you you are probably the the proof positive of this because your store is so big. If you have a small store, you might not be able to to kind of get this kind of information, statistical information, certainly. But since you have very likely more than ten dollars worth of pieces that that your typical bricklink buyer would want um, available, that so someone can just theoretically add more pieces to get to that ten dollars very easily. Um, the fact that so many people suddenly did not just because you had that on there, I think is, is very telling and that it is one of those that, nope, that I'm, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to buy from a store that hasn't been purchased. And I don't know if it is because you're worried that you won't hit $10 or it's just that the principle of it again, that like you gotta, you gotta minimum purchase. Screw that. I'm going to find someone that doesn't have one. And yeah. And it just, it kind of is what it is. I've, I've seen buyers that have had like, if you don't spend X amount of money, if, if, if it's not, it, it's a low amount. If it's, for any order less than $5, there's a handling fee. I've seen those come up uh, on there too. Like it's just one of those that like, it will very rarely affect me, but that get that also bugs me enough that 
that I, that I don't like it. <laughs> I feel a way when I see something like that. I, I try to keep things simple with my store. Um, so next up, I saw an ad on Instagram, and then I, I did a little bit of research on it, and so did Paul. Uh, the Lego Legacy Heroes Unboxed game, which we I think we talked about at least once before on here. I, I, did, was there a date? Like, when does it when does it come out? Uh, let me see. It is all I know is that it's not out yet. Um, up for uh, pre-registration, you can pre-register at the moment. Um, you can't actually uh, get the game yet. I don't see a date yet. So they had a video out that was, I think they called it a gameplay footage preview. And uh, now I'm interested. I'm interested because it's it's calling my name with all the nostalgic Lego in it. And uh, presumably it might be a free game, which free is good. Yeah, it should be a mobile game. I imagine ad-supported will be free on all your platforms, but... Uh, you can probably pay for the ad-free version, and I'm I'm sure there will be in-app purchases that you can make. So, but so I I don't know heard. what the game is because I I don't have any phone games. I don't I don't play phone games. That's what Instagram is. It's a phone game. <laughs> but I I don't know exactly what it is or how it works. And the gameplay footage preview, while it might be exactly what the game is, I have no frame of reference for what those kind of games are. So it really didn't show me anything or tell me anything. If I could see like 30 seconds straight of gameplay, I'd be like, okay, I see what's happening. I see how this works. But the like the two second blasts of gameplay in this, oh, in this preview, <laughs> it's like, is this gameplay? Is this a cutscene? Is this the menu? I don't know what I'm looking at. Not that there would be a menu, of course. Um, but one of the things they're doing with this preview right now is there, if you pre-register, you get to vote on one of three characters where if they reach some sort of stretch goal, you're going to get that character for free in the game. Uh, I'm, I also have no idea about what can be unlocked versus what has to be purchased in the game. I probably will never play it. Paul most likely will. <laughs> I, uh, I think I'm going to check it out, certainly. There, there's three three characters you can vote between. There's the hot dog man. There's Darwin, who is a classic pirate, but not like the captain. He's like one of the guys with the striped shirt and the bandana. Yep. One of those guys. <laughs> and the third one is uh, Blacktron Dwayne is his name. <laughs> is there a Blacktron 1 figure with a big old bazooka? We've uh, also... Referred to him as both Dwayne the Blacktron Johnson and Dwayne the Black Tronson, <laughs> which I came up with just now. That one's I like that one a little bit better. Dwayne the Black Tronson. So if you're going to pre-register, which does not mean you have to buy or get the game in any regard, please go vote for Blacktron Dwayne. He's the clear winner here. The Damn pirate's straight. cool. The hot dog man will it's most fun. likely be running around in the game anyway. Um, but Blacktron one, so, look. So th- clearly, this, Blacktron... this figure is older than most people who are going to get the game. Oh, for sure. Uh, but Blacktron clearly is having a bit of a resurgence lately, which I think is really, really cool. Or at least they're trying to push it uh, in in some way. Um, with the CMF figure, this guy here, 
Um, and like, it's, it's nice to see. And then, and certainly this is, this is Blacktron one. It's not even like Blacktron enthusiast guy from the Lego movie that had a Blacktron. I didn't two. realize you were screen sharing. You are now. I oh, I sorry. I didn't realize you were. <laughs> I was like, who just entered the room? Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's not like you're, uh, the t-shirt with the, the, the Blacktron 2 logo on it or anything like that. This is straight up true Blacktron, Blacktron 1. So I it's like Dwayne just, the Black Tronson. I love it. I think it's cool. Clearly, he, clearly he's the one that got my vote, even though the other guys are fun and uh, have those nostalgia tickles. Uh, nothing beats Blacktron 1. But the gameplay footage, I don't know if you want to like run that video. Is, it, is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So it's like, here's the CMFs, and also here's a bunch of 80s and 90s characters and themes. And that's what speaks to me, like Classic Space, Spireus, uh, the Dragon Masters, more CMFs. And then there's a whole big old Classic Space thing here at the end. But yeah, this so doesn't show me anything about the game <laughs> exactly i don't know if you are like assembling like minifigures and then eventually can assemble builds of some sort or what it is it's definitely not clear uh based on this trailer so but it is only a pre-registration trailer i suppose so maybe it's just supposed to be just a teaser and it teased us enough that we saw some characters that we liked and i've now pre-registered just so i can vote for electron dwayne johnson um, but there's uh, also uh, so with uh, Lego Worlds, there was some DLC that was like, look, it's this is the classic space world or map or something. I don't even know how the game works. I bought it, haven't haven't touched it. Um, <laughs> but that's that's the kind of thing where it's like, yes, I I would like to go experience whatever this is you're trying to do with a, an old theme that means something to me, uh, but. There's just no telling what percentage of the game might reflect that versus what's just going to be a tap the screen as fast as you can. Here's all the CMFs you missed buying. Yeah, no idea what this show is, what this game is going to be. It could be interesting. Could be just like you said, tap a lot <laughs> or buy, spend tap, a lot tap, of in, in game in. currency <laughs> to uh, to get this guy. Or if you want to make Benny's spaceship, spend some money. You can build it now, or you can try to find all the pieces in the game somewhere. No idea. We'll see when they share some more information. And before we move on, I'm going to need you to go in the in the comments down below and write both Dwayne the Black Tron Johnson and Bla Dwayne the Black Tronson. Can't even read my own writing. Hashtag. We need them both. We need them both down there, Kevin. <laughs> so the other thing we were we were looking at is a uh, kind of a um, it's kind of sensationalist news, but there's two ideas projects that hit ten thousand and then got disqualified after hitting ten thousand. Which my initial reaction was, well, ideas is this big hopping platform with tons of kids putting up nonsense. It's not going anywhere. It's a lot of work to moderate it. I can see how something might get that high in the numbers that quickly before they really get to look into it at all. It could have just gotten away from them. That's fine. And then there might be other cases of, of things getting 
fairly high or even to 10,000 and then getting disqualified. And what about all the ones that go up for a uh, review and then get disqualified? These ones just didn't even make it to the review. Maybe this is a new process. Maybe they're saying instead of 10 things that we need to look at all at once where one of them might get through, what if we're looking at five things and one of them gets through? It's going to it's going to seem like a higher percentage of them are being approved because we already we already weeded out the ones we we couldn't do anyway. What if these two projects were never going to be eligible uh, but they they took them out of the running before anyone's hopes could get any higher. So the the projects are the Japanese Tea Garden and the Gravity Falls Mystery Shack which I think either we shared with Matt or Matt shared it himself on the show at one point. Yeah, big fan of Gravity Falls, both Matt and I. So uh, it is unfortunate to hear, uh, to see that it has gotten so much support and then got pulled, certainly is a, is a little, uh, it's, it's sad, unfortunately, but it is a very interesting situation, I guess. It's just strange in general to have gotten that far and then now get pulled. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's... That's really all there is to say about that. I, I don't pay too close of attention to ideas. Uh, every now and then they'll put out a video and I might watch it that day if I see it or very shortly thereafter if I if I didn't see it right away. And I kind of get my news based on the highlights. Like, here's the one that won. Here's the ones that didn't win. I don't need to know what is hitting 10,000. I know that if you go to the Brick Fans website, uh, almost every day, there's an uh, there's a little write up about something that just hit ten thousand. It's like, just like I don't care about set image leaks because it's not actionable for another m- several months. I don't care about ten uh, k club uh, new inductees because it's not actionable for like several months to a year, if at all. If it even gets approved, I like I like I like news where it affects me now, not news that might affect me eventually. Yeah, it's the uh, you don't you certainly don't like boarding the speculation station. <laughs> you like to there's there's really no point for, for you. It's got to be uh, like. Well, like you said, actionable. I guess is probably the best the, the best way about it. There's, there's no there's no really no point in talking about or reading about stuff that may not pan out for anything for anyone. So it, when it's when it's actually definite, when it's going to get somewhere, then then maybe we will we'll talk about it then. And that's typically what we've done on the show too. Is we will talk about the next batch that that has that has hit the ten thousand or the next batch that that is currently under review. And then for the show, it might be fun to see. Which ones we think will make it, which ones we which ones won't make it, that kind of stuff. But certainly we don't really talk about the ones that are ooh, looks like this one's heating up. We'll see how this one goes. We'll keep an eye on it or anything like that. That's that's historically not what we've done on this show. Not not a new show. All right. We are going to get into our bracket now. Fancy that. It's ninety four versus ninety five tonight. That is Quite the matchup. We're in the uh, right-hand column here now. Which we're going to make our way down this. And then we go to the quarterfinals. 
and then we go to the semifinals, then we go to the finals, and then we're going to have a winner, which will be 1997. Uh, come on, 2002? <laughs> it should happen in 2002. Not going to work out in 2002. What's going to be rough is it's going to go up against either 2015 or 96. Ooh, 97 might go up against 96. We'll see. We'll see. So we're working at 94 first. So here's the sets. Uh, Paul, have you looked through these yet? I, I have indeed looked through them. Um, they, I see a lot of similarities between the years, which has actually made this a pretty difficult uh, a difficult matchup to call right away. So I'm waiting to, to hear some more information from you to see if there's anything that, that – any additional information that I can glean before, before making my choice. Sure. The, uh, both of these years had about 150 sets per year. It's like 140 some and 160 some, with uh, 1994 here having the fewer number. So, this is a triple pack of just town. It was kind of outback themed, but this was. <laughs> I love the kayak. <laughs> it's just so simple. Oh man, that kayak is more pieces than I would be now. It's great. This uh, two, four. Six, it's probably seven pieces. So, I had this as a kid. This was this was crazy. This is like one of those value packs, but it wasn't because I don't think these were sold as individual sets at any point. I also really want to know more about how this guy's operating this camera. He's doing a he's doing a vlog here way back in '94. <laughs> um. This was, uh, you could build all three at the same time. It wasn't uh, kind of a three-in-one, although it, it looks like it's close. It, it's close to being able to be a three-in-one, but this was, this is just simple, four-wide, open-top, 60 years of the jib fun right here. You got a <laughs> parrot, you got a bunch, you got, you got three minifigures. I love the blue blockers with stubble face. I love it. <laughs> This 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 set meant a lot to me as a kid, um, but it's simple. There's not a lot of flash to this one. It's a good playset, though. Like he's got th- three things that you can play with. Three small things. Three small things. That's why and it wins. Uh, Castle <laughs> wasn't being wasn't too big in in '94. I think it was between years. This almost seems like a additional set for the previous year's theme, the Dragon Masters or whatever. I always can't keep the dragon the dragon knights dragon masters i can't keep them separate there's dragons that's for sure so this is a, you know this is a pretty terrible castle set all in all it's not a great castle set yeah yeah i'm not really liking this castle set and magisto and two other knights what's he pulling what's the wizard what's behind the cart that's just dragon wings there's just dragon wings on the cart yeah it's a horse-drawn carriage with this this looks like the alternate build from a better set. This is uh, your Lego Mythic Legions here. Mythic. <laughs> now this looks like the alternate build. This is the this is the build on the back of the instructions from it a much better like set. That. It does seem that use way. the same pieces somehow. Look, you put the pieces together in this. Oh, company. model team Mach Two Redbird. Let's see.
All right. You're frozen on my end here. I know what the other set is, the model team set. It looks awesome. So hopefully it's coming across. <laughs> Hmm, I'm going to assume we're talking about this one. So hopefully Chris will come back on soon if you can't hear me. There you go. <laughs> what what, you, what did you do? I didn't do anything. I, you, you were just kind of like frozen. I couldn't, I couldn't hear. No, I couldn't hear you. It just you were, you were on the other page. So I'm like, this is the one he just talked about, I think, which is the model team set, which looks pretty dope. Oh, so we don't know whose audio went through? Uh, correct. So just to be safe, you can probably talk about the model team set and we should probably be, you may repeat it a little bit, but either way, um, in case you weren't on there, at least it'll be, it'll be out. There. Okay. The Mach, Mach 2 Redbird rig. I had this kid. Model team is Technic for system fans, which I am. And it was great. It's pretty dope. I, it's think it's, I think it's pretty awesome. Again, it's like 1100 pieces is my first quote unquote big set. That was a big set at the time. Up I, there with the biggest. It's a decent size set now. <laughs> That'll be my next chart. My next uh, Brinkalizer chart is going to be um, what's the biggest set of the year every year and how often was it surpassed? <laughs> Stupid just Falcon. To, <laughs> just to see, like, just to see, do they just keep pushing the envelope up every year? Has it gone down ever? That kind of thing. Um, next week, I'm building up to it. <laughs> I can speak to the modulars. They they have gone up. Uh, I think it dipped one year, but in general they've they've gone up every year. Uh, but it's, that's commensurate to the to the price increase as well. Uh, but the prices have been appropriately priced. So come on down the spiral staircase. It's Belleville. <laughs> See, I still don't give a shit about Belleville. But um, an interesting. Yeah, but what about that? the standing cat? You know, you want the standing cat. Uh, look, this is this is perfect if you love dolls for your doll. You no, know, you want the the uh, little three chair table with matching watering can. <laughs> At least oh. it matches. Belleville is still kicking. I think that they had the girls and the boys Lego separated geographically by <laughs> leagues, if you will, <laughs> uh, back then, because I never saw any of this. Oh, and there's that famous uh, chrome one by two tile with the ball on top. Can you zoom from in? Clutch's secret stash. <laughs> this thing. It's a one by two tile in chrome silver with just this ball. It's not it's a technic ball. ball size. It's bigger than a stud. It's smaller than a technic ball. It's just a ball. <laughs> it's like a ball bearing. Ordinary ball. <laughs> but which ball? Uh, Pirates was reaching its end. Pirates 1, I should say, was reaching its end with Islanders. King Kahuka, which you can get on a awesome shirt from there once was a Toa on a, on Spreadshirt. I have that. Kahuka, Legend of the Indigo. That's a shirt I have. <laughs> <laughs> this this was, um, I mean, as a pirate set, it's pretty whatever. But as an Islanders set, yeah, Islanders. 
It looks pretty cool. Seems kind of racist nowadays, but it actually looks pretty cool. I like it. Eh, maybe. It's got a it's got a, an alligator in there or a crocodile, whichever. Uh, I didn't realize Kahuka was in both of these. I wanted to feature this one because of him. I was gonna say but, this uh, like the, certainly the, it's the the lower price like partner set to this one. Whereas, there's an even lower price set. There's a there, this is King Kahuka's throne, and then there's also this set called King Kahuka, which is him with basically a chair. <laughs> and uh, but I not the throne. I didn't realize he was in this one too. So this is the double base plate big set. This is the first of. I think two sets this year they were featured in the Legends theme in 2002. Huh. Where they, they basically reissued it. So this is one of the ones that was reissued. I just I noticed that a this. couple of the sets were from this year that got reissued. Uh, you know, you got your pirates. You got your... I want to know, is this pirate related to Captain Redbeard? Is this Redbeard in like his uh, away team colors? What's going on? Who's that pirate? <laughs> Maybe Redbeard's dead by that point. He got the scurvy. But I like the the build-it-yourself catamaran here with the canoe, but with a little extra on the side. <laughs> this is uh, Forbidden Ruins or Enchanted something. I don't know. Pizza to go. This is and always will be the best Lego pizza shop. It is just a classic. It looks like it's just it's in like Spain. It's like it looks like in the, it's in Europe. Obviously, the pizza would not be in Spain, but the design of it it looks like a Spanish building. Just a classic. Yeah, man. And then like there was a closet you put all the pizzas in, <laughs> aka an oven. The back of the pizza truck was literally just slots to slide raw pizzas in. <laughs> well, they cook on their way there. That's genius. It is. It is. And then uh, it's it's all on a eight by sixteen base plate here. The pizza pa- paddles spatulas pizza spatula is just an oar because <laughs> you know it's about the right shape. Use your imagination; we, it's perfect. We haven't gotten a CMF pizzaman with a proper pizza paddle yet, have we? We have not. You are correct. There we is a guy, there's a pizza slice guy in this in this new line, I think. I think that's it. There is. Uh, uh, Paradisa. Paradisa had a monkey, too. And a double. <laughs> Paradisa had uh, a Road King chest, apparently. There you go. <laughs> that's a joke for some people, but not most people. Robots. Robots. And there's Look a crab that. on a tile. Get that crab. There's that crab. I love the, must- the porn star mustache on that dude there. Is. We got a crab. We got a road king. This is Bobby Skullface all over it. <laughs> so <And a> monkey, <laughs> I, perfect for him. I don't remember what this set is called, but it's clearly like changing rooms yeah. for lack of a better porta potty, or, or uh, to go to the beach, which is right outside the stink station. <laughs> uh, there's also a monkey and a crab tile and a parrot and a male servitude. <laughs> she got. Oh, Paradisa was like I, I don't even know what it was like. It was it was like we have butlers, we have uh shopkeeps, and we have animals. Look, this is this is the Shira of 
Lego beach themes. <laughs> it's one of those. It's like uh, it was a cartoon back in the day called Beverly Hills Teens. This is very similar to that. Oh, even <laughs> almost your 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 nine hundred two one zero type thing. This is like your. This is where the. Uh, no, it's, it's your it's your Laguna Beach, and you're like the, the hills. Oh man, I watched Laguna like Beach. I was a like demographic. Uh, yeah. I feel so ashamed. It's it's like that. It's it's a, uh, you know, when you got when you when you got some, you're just a, a young kid want to go hang out with with your buddies, but but you're on that Laguna Beach level. You're on the you're on the uh, you're the, the, o- the, the OSC stuff. level. You got you got lots of money, so you go here with the butler, and in, in, in the in the cabana and your monkey, and your you monkey crap. cabana. <laughs> um, I had an interesting conversation. Are you watching Shira on Netflix? I am not. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to it by any means, but I just never got. I'm watching. It. I think it's. I think it's really good. I heard but it's good. I had an interesting conversation with somebody about how I am. I'm a male, and I've always been a male, and I have this skewed male vision, obviously, about about the world. And with Shira, let me tell you. Ninety-nine percent of the characters are female. They introduce kind of like background characters, and they're all female too. At one point in the third season, they have a bunch of like bounty hunters, and they're not really gender descript. But at one point, it's it's revealed that they're all female, and I was like, "Come on, the <laughs> four-armed lizard thing's a female too." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute, Shiva. is this how women see everything? That men are in everything, every character?" I guess that's true. I never and thought I about that. I my knees and I wept. <laughs> <laughs> you and Joe KW can talk about it because he also watches that show. I don't. I, I don't know. I just it started getting unrealistic. I was like, "But there, there's <laughs> there's men in the world too." But then I was like, "But this is how they've always felt." <laughs> this is what we've done. We've done this to them. Anyway, <laughs> hashtag up, The greatest set ever known to man: the Salem Fly Marina. It's my favorite set I've never owned. I love that jet. Is the greatest set ever. This is great. Like two speedboats, a little boat, a truck, a water landing airplane, a crane. I never got the set. I don't know if I even knew about the set. This is, time, this is the set I, I want so badly, but I'm afraid to get because once I build it and it's like tiny. Oh no. And it's so it's, it's very much not substantial. Box. Here you go. This is the set where I buy the box yeah, yeah, and I prominently display the box, and that's it. Yeah. This this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a 90s Lego set, I'm sure. If you're looking at it with today's eyes, it'll feel very insubstantial. But it's this is a it's a classic. Look, I love all the the play features. I love all the stuff that's in there, and I love how it's all random, <laughs> seemingly like the seaplane. Got a single clone trooper in this set. <laughs> yeah, this this it just looks fun. Are these all are those all like printed tiles or are they stickers? Do you know? It's all stickers. Okay. Uh, the flag, the checkered flag, is a printed, classically printed piece. Um, like the, the computer, the, the, the radar here to check out the guests at the club is <laughs> um, is printed, and everything else looks like it's stickered. I like That's the uh... sail 
in-fly marina. I like the wake that the the boat is making in the in the water. <laughs> yeah, man, this is this is great. Coming up next, another set that was legendized in 2002. This is 94's Century Skyway. I remember this one too. This this is airports. This is Actually, the third. I remember this. This is, this is what I picture. This is the third Lego airport to come out. But damn it, this is the airport. Yeah, so that's the one the uh, airport and International Jetway were jokes compared to this one. <laughs> and if you've noticed, the classic 90s architecture style with the sloped uh, roof windows at the top of each peak here, even the ones that don't have windows, just a little bit of slope there. Oops, what's going on? A little bit of slope there at the edge of the tops of all the the buildings here it's just that's that is the telltale sign this is a uh nine an early yeah early 90s um city maybe you know maybe it was the same designer for like a whole decade who knows they yes. probably had a lot fewer designers working there when they put out 146 sets in a year that's his signature move right there <laughs> i want to meet the guy <coughs> who <coughs> Excuse me. The guy who designed all the city sets in the 90s and go, what was your inspiration for putting the slope bricks at the roof level? So every building just tapered a little bit back right at the roof. <laughs> what were you what was going through your head at that time? Century Skyway. It's great. It's got a big old dumb unrealistic helicopter in yellow <laughs> and a small helicopter also in yellow. Uh, the stair car was always amazing. Just look at it. Just look at it. It's uh, it's, it's the just, blue company. It's stairs. Watch for hop-ons. Exactly. Robo Guardian. Oh, where's Matt? Where's Matt? This is my set. Doesn't he have one too? I'm sure he does. It's it's a fantastic set. It's a fantastic theme. Robo Guardian was the robot scourge designed by Sparius to take out. The enterprising Unitron monorail, once and for all, seen here. <laughs> the, the Unitron monorail, the third and final monorail in the Lego system, which is also apparently a year early for Unitron. I think this came out to go with Spirius, because you're going to see Unitron in 95 in the next segment. Ah, oh, Unitron. So... The color scheme is great. It's one of I the only sets that give us a pure black base plate. Oh, two, interesting. There's two of them here. And the, uh, you know, the rampant pit plate, I think it's called. And it's, you know, flashing lights, neon colors, Unitron, man. It also has a function that is, if you're familiar with the new hidden side sets that have that, the train set has that new track piece that connects on the end of the train track that, uh, you can just kind of roll the train right off the tracks onto nothingness. Mm-hmm. More importantly, I'm pretty sure, although I haven't used it myself, if you roll a train onto that ramp, it's going to align the wheels automatically to go right on. So you can just, with with your four-year-old brain, you can roll a train right onto the tracks without having to carefully place anything. So we know you're not carefully placing anything at that age. And this has a similar function in that the 
cars on top of the monorail ends could slide off and this big old four-wheeler here could back up to this dead-end track right here and the car could just slide slip on right off the track onto the back of this this transport and get taken somewhere else carry on that reminded me of or when i saw the hidden side thing reminded me of this it's like hey just jump right off the track why not so robo guardian in promotional images is usually seen dismembering the <laughs> Unitron monorail one link at a time. He's got a brick separator in hand. No, man. He has, in his claw and magnet hands, he has a whole section of monorail track just, like, removed, and he's Tuscan Raidering it above his head. <laughs> Monotrail's headed for certain doom and very much a collision with uh, RoboCardian. The native tattooiner. <laughs> Uh, Technic put out its, this is just called Supercar. I was going to say it's his first supercar. It might be the first supercar. It's definitely not the first car chassis. We've seen several of the, the chassis. It's um, getting rounded in the, in the Gary Allen special. But <laughs> this, this one is just the first supercar. It featured a bunch of parts that were unique to this set. Some of them we haven't seen since. Um, the gear shift, it had a, Friggin' gear shift. We haven't seen that, I don't think. I believe this is the one that had the fancy gear shift. Anyway, it's cool. And uh, 94 was the year. No, the mid-90s were the year for, you know, black was very much in fashion. We got Spirus. We got Unitron. We got Technic. And we're going to see that the Technic set from 95 is very much uh, black colored. Just beams and plates and pins. Why have any other colors? Shout out to the uh, to the rock shirt this year. I'm sure it's gonna be black again. There's two. One's black and one is a lighter color that's not white, <laughs> which is also maybe, known as gray. Maybe gray. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's pronounced gray. <laughs> so that's that's 94. Your browser has lost connection to your camera. Okay. We don't need that right now. Correct. <laughs> you are just a, an icon, I suppose. If if that means anything to you, I am gonna. There yeah, you are. There you are. I wanted to fix it because I don't want to come back to that madness later. Uh, Ninety five. So I I actually pulled thirteen and thirteen the photos. So we were evenly matched here. If we really wanted to head to head all thirteen, then we could. This is called Crater Critters. <laughs> it is an unthemed, one-off space set from ninety five. I have this built at my store just. In my office, because it's it's great. It's inherently charming. Again, this is this is Lego at its most charming. I think <laughs> this is <laughs> it's adorable. This is like the what else can you build with these pieces from the space set? Realized as a set, this is a page ripped from a Lego Ideas book in the nineties, delivered to you as a full set. It's great. The arms are made up of all the old hinges, so they're yep. fully articulated, and the heads can spin because they're on turntables. Uh, and that's it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. What's that's the new articulation great. like? Any ankle tilt? Nope. He's got <laughs> the blue one's got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven POA, and the red one's got two, three, four five six seven 
eight 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 POA plus <laughs> the uh, the added uh, one stud connections can always rotate in place. That's true. <laughs> That's greater critters. Take it for what it is. I still it's, dig it. It's a warning choking hazard. <laughs> this is Jailbreak Joe, which is the predecessor of the Brickster. This is uh, this is a manhunt. We have by air, by land, maybe by sea. And by off-road, it looks like. <laughs> Helicopters, motorcycles, paddy wagons, and uh, Jailbreak Joe has clearly ran out of road with his uh, 4x4 there. It's It was a strange packaging. It was like a vertical box, kind of like uh, with Emmett's tricycle. It was just a weird, weird packaging. It was... The, the set, I think, is called Introducing Jailbreak Joe. <laughs> Something like that. I'm like, yeah, but we didn't see him again. Uh, Unitron. Him. Yeah, they caught him. It's over. Unitron, this is the Starhawk 2. Dig it. Not to be confused with the Starhawk 1, which never existed. This is the Starhawk 2. It's widely regarded as one of the greatest uh, space sub-theme mid-sized ships because of its profile. Yeah, I dig it. The center could come undone, as depicted by this arrow right here. The, the little pod in the middle. That. <laughs> little pod could eject. It has these two enclosures on the sides that opened up. One had a big camera on a on a boom that could come up, and the other one probably had a a laser blaster on a boom. And then it has this big old flap in the back, completely covered in tiles. <laughs> <laughs> What's this one called again? Starhawk Two. Starhawk Two. I might look for this. <laughs> yeah, good luck. This is an expensive one. Of course it is. Because well, you awesome. could you could buy the parts to recolor it into your favorite space sub theme. I may do that. You may go along with it'll be Pose Starhawk Two. It'd be the Halloween cover color. Halloween Starhawk Two. Yeah. Uh, here's the train set. This was the first and only time I ordered a Lego set by phone. Huh. There, there was no shop at home. There were no Lego stores. But there were still sets that were retail exclusive. This one was only available. You, you look in the Lego magazine and there'd be there'd be like the regular stuff. There'd be the I don't know if they're using the hard to find tag back then, because hard to find now means it's only at Target or it's only at Walmart, <laughs> it's only at the Lego store. <laughs> I'm not sure if they had that term back then or not. But this is a uh, cargo crane, I think it's called. Don't know why I wanted this so much. I had next to no trains. In fact, this might have been my first train set. I must have been down with cranes or something. <laughs> I didn't have any other trains, but this uh, I got this uh, through ordering it by by phone. School it had like the train windows and doors in green for that little like shop box of of the machine shop box that could get dropped off by the crane. It had that little uh, train car with the the red toolbox on the back. It had uh, the welding kit, which is awesome. And the train could. It had these uh, these uh, legs that went out like a like a crane would. 
Like where it, it, it would no longer be as stabilizers. Yeah, it yeah, wouldn't that's... be on the track anymore. I think it raised up or something. I forget exactly how they worked or if you had to put the cones on there or not. I'm going to guess it's that you have to add the cones. Yeah, but the um, the arms here could lock into uh, it's actually a, a like a sunroof. So the the four the five finger hinge tile here. So this this um, Technic axle would just stop in between each of those, and the all the way down function was there's a hole back here where it could just slide all the way into that, and the crane would be in its lowest position. It's just a uh, I don't know. I don't know why I wanted this one, but I got it. I think I back in the day, I probably would... I was not a big train person, and this doesn't really look much like a train, so I probably would not have wanted it at all. But it is pretty cool. <laughs> it's got some cool features to it. I don't know if I would have regretted not having this, but, it, I, but I, I dig what it does have looking under with modern eyes right now. I feel like there was a lot of uh, shop-at-home-only uh train sets back then because i i feel that the only train sets you could get on retail shelves were like the the one-off here's a train with the oval track like the metro liner and the cargo train in the mid 90s you could get them but any of like the the snowblower train car like the one-off caboose the little uh the excavator with the train wheels you could only get them if you order them online or not online on the phone calling up Susan Williams. And <laughs> uh, this is another train set. It's not the angle. This is not the photo angle I've ever seen of it before. This is like the back of it. It is. I'm not, I wasn't familiar with this angle until I got this picture. So I'm usually familiar with like a three quarter from this corner over here where it's got, it's got a train track, like a, I guess two, two pieces long gets you the base plate. So it's got a train track that goes underneath this uh, whole crane system here. Where it's, got, it's got a... Yeah, this is a unique piece to a few sets back then where it's got rubber on the inside and it, it can clamp onto 90-degree angles like this. And it would slide back and forth. The red part would slide back and forth on this yellow here. So it could lift things on or off of the train or trucks that were on the road here so it's a road plate with uh i'm guessing an extra eight by 32 uh base plate on the edge here because it's a little bit more oh maybe this looks like a little bit more margin than you get on the regular base plate so train track uh crane that goes over both the building and the road and the train track and then there's you know uh uh nondescript office here a very spartan office a very spartan waiting room carter's favorite girders right here a stack and the containers i think there's one that had a race car in it and there's huh. one that has trash cans in it apparently so there's just different cargo containers that you can put on a flatbed car which it looks like there is also a flatbed car that comes with it so this has just had so much going on this is this is another one where I'm sure you can only get it if you called up and got it. But this is like, you want to do Lego model railroading? Well, your cargo train is not complete unless you insert this two-track section into your train layout. This is totally awesome. And this is was a great bridge between 
your road plate area and your train track area. It looks like it's in, inside a cave, though. Both of these sets look like they're in cave. Oh yeah, that's like well, yeah. Last week we looked the the uh, the like, out of the the moon volcano train. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same era, man. Same era. This is Blue Fury. It's pretty cool. I mean, these model team sets, they, they're pretty sweet. This this is one that I never had as a kid, but I've I've you know had it come through my store a couple times. Uh, lots of chrome piping, which was nice. There's the reflector dishes up here. There's the whole pipe system here, and there might eh, that might be it for the chrome. But this one also came out in the Legends in 2002. But for now, this is 95's Blue Fury. I like I it. it. I think it wasn't called Blue Fury when it came out as Legends. It might have just been called Hot Rod. I don't know. This is when I think of Castle. This is the castle. I actually have one at the store that I need to assemble and see if it's complete or not. Got to use one that I might just, you know, hang on to for a little bit extra time. Keep the box. But, oh, there's no box, unfortunately. I don't think. I have to look around. Maybe there is. Maybe there is. This is my era of castle. It's not the greatest era of castle, but this is the castle that I would have had if I had had a castle. As a kid, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, certainly, These are the Royal Knights, which went up against the Wolf Pack, which we looked at recently. Had I a like glow in the dark ghost. It had the secret entrance over on the side. There's some catapults and some flags and a skeleton, of course. That's that. This is Neptune Discovery Lab from Aquazone, Aquanauts specifically. This is the first foray into underwater stuff for Lego. Although now I I need to go look at like all the 70s stuff to see to make sure they didn't have any underwater things. But this was still pretty cool. This was a smaller than it looks playset. It's on two base plates, but really, building-wise, it's on very little space here. Because it's all base plate. <laughs> yeah, it's all base plate. So there was a conveyor belt in the back here that you could pick up these crystals and you could put them on there, and then they would roll through this conveyor belt. And there's a crane, these gigantic doors which opened to really cool pieces and very inexpensive, as a matter of fact. This uh, arch here is two big half arch pieces that connect. They have bars on the side, so you can connect these clip doors to them. They really weren't used very much ever again. <laughs> Has lots of animals and bushes, and this is a little mini sub. I like the sub. It's it's good. It's compact. They had some bigger ones. They had some smaller ones. That's a good medium size sub for the Aquanauts. That's uh, Neptune Discovery Lab. This is the uh, proper pirate set. Uh, when I was talking about the Ogle set with the big skull on it, this is the one that I was talking about that they ripped that skull from. So I always forget what this is called. It's featured prominently in a good amount of Lego media, I want to say. You, you see this tower with the big skull on the front pretty often in Lego iconography. 
Skull face. Skull face. And there's a monkey. Come on. <laughs> Bobby, you're the you're the missing link for this show. <laughs> this is Hurricane Harbor. It was perhaps the first use of the dolphin, but we did have Paradisa the year before, so maybe it's not. I want to say the dolphin. Yeah, there was a set called Dolphin Point. I'm going to say the dolphin appeared in Paradisa and then later here in this. Uh, but this is a really nice little Coast Guard station. It is very little. It's, I think, the only set to ever feature this uh, three-pane blue frame window here. And it's got a little nice dock here. It has that classic uh, bumper style with the tiles snotted that you see in everything pier-related in the early 90s. Had a truck and a boat and a helicopter and a dolphin and a bush <laughs> and uh, a little gas pump here for private use only. The helicopters and boats use the same fuel. I, that is in exactly Lego crazy. City, they do. <laughs> I don't know, then, you have uh, no idea. I'm gonna imagine no, but I but that's based on nothing. And then you see some like masts back here and some boats, and then there's a there's a little crane over there back there, which makes me think that sail and fly marina somewhere over there from the year before. Yeah, that is the train. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite sets. So this if Sail awesome. and Fly Marina was my favorite set I'd never had, this might be my favorite set I did have several times. This is the big set from Launch Command, the town space theme from 95. This would be the the last space theme until 2000 or 99 when they did Spaceport. And um, they they do city space themes every few years. This one had so much playability. So... It's got this big red tower here, which has a lot of pretty unique pieces in it that you wouldn't necessarily get in in many city sets. It had a shuttle with the three rocket boosters on a crawler that's down here. The shuttle could be gripped by this big yellow grabber thing by the cheeks, I guess, the cheeks of the shuttle. So... What would happen is if you didn't have, if you had the shuttle just on its wheels rolling up, this grabber could grab it and you could crank the little gear that's all the way down on the bottom somewhere over here and it would lift the shuttle up and then you could place it on the crawler if it needed to be on the crawler. You could also take these booster rockets and peg them into the tower itself and then have the shuttle approach while standing on its hind legs, standing, and uh, you could attach the rockets to it. You could... The uh, the whole boom up here was also on a slider, so you could bring it closer or farther away. You could use the grabber to grab the booster rockets and stand them up. Just hours and hours of, gotta set up for this launch, gotta launch it, gotta get the USS flag, Got to do all the playset things. <laughs> Dude, this is really cool, this set. This is the one that throws out. I, I was... Uh, this might tip it to, the, it to this year's favor. I don't know. 
Uh, and here's Dolphin Point. Or maybe it's the same here. Maybe they introduced this new dolphin, which is not the Friends Dolphin. The Friends Dolphin is a new mold, and the little baby dolphin is a new, new mold. But this is the original dolphin, and I don't think it had a printed eye. It had like a little divot for the blowhole and a little divots for the eyes. Let's see if we can see it on here. They're just little indents. They're not actually like printed. It's not a lick of paint. It's uh, they're not. They're just little indents all over it, which makes it look like it's full of holes, riddled bodies. So this is Dolphin Point, which was a lighthouse with a uh, looking glass and a, a parrot, another jam box, and <laughs> a, a dude on the grill, a, a dude bro. knowing his place on the grill. On the grill, bro. On the grill, bro. And oh, is that where that sticker comes from? There's there's stickers here. So this is like a little um, concession stand in the bottom here. There's a sticker of six different ice creams, like <laughs> straight up the side of the ice cream truck. And I've gotten this castle corner panel in white with that sticker on it before. And I'm like, now where the hell would there be a castle with them ice creams for sale? <laughs> but this is Dolphin Point. It's basically this island. That if you if you're brave enough to go through the the brittle dolphin hole sea, you can reach this island and get a tasty treat here at the concession stand. It it's might be it. made of bird. It's worth it. It's worth it. I'm sure they're cooking up some seafood because there ain't no livestock <laughs> on this this little remote island here. That's uh. So I guess we had two uh Paradisa sets. This is a Technic set from this year now i'm most familiar with this t-rex because for a solid few years on the back it's like the last page of every lego shop at home magazine was this t-rex looking at you <laughs> looking all crazy skeletal and at legoland california there's a life-size for lack of a better term version of this t-rex Outside, like the Technic building, it's huge. It's bigger than the building itself, but it's that T-Rex, and you know, you know, it's that T-Rex because it uses the rack and pinion racks as teeth inside the mouth. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know that I ever took notice that it had this whole getup that's connected to, with this crazy. Uh, control pad that I've never ever seen in person. Is it so that he can walk? Like what? What can or does his his jaw move? Like um, gonna like I'm gonna go with the maybe the jaw, maybe the front arms, maybe the back legs because it looks like it could support itself at from the midsection on yeah. this. Yeah. Um, the helicopter. I'm not sure what it does. It might it might just kind of generate like a. Uh, like a ride-on machine outside of the Kmart. Oh, I guess that's true. I, I assumed that the the uh, the blades spun. Oh yeah, well, I mean, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be the blades. But I never even took notice of the fact that this is all controllable. I just saw this big old Technic T-Rex, and I'm like, hell yeah! <laughs> it's the black repaint. I'm all in. The black repaint. Can we get this in green? T-Rexes are green, right? All right, so Fuck. play it on me, man. What do you think? They were they were close. Um, both both yours are still really close, and I'm I'm looking at it. I'm at the the pictures on my phone here. Um, if not for the shuttle, 
I think I would have picked 94 over 95 because because of the similar sets in general, I prefer the 94 kind of versions of them more more than the ones in 95, just kind of as apples to apples. However, and and that that's the, like sometimes it, it, it'll take the, the 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 two Islander sets to kind of match up with to go up against I don't know one set in in ninety five. However, that's that shuttle set is pretty amazing, <laughs> and that one, and then you add the castle, that might put it over the top for me. Like model team, model team, both are great model teams. So so that's that that's a wash there. I'm not crazy about the trains that were in 95. It's because, they're, again, they don't really look like trains, and they've got lots of – they're very crane-heavy, which isn't a bad thing by any means, but that's just not really my jam. Um, okay, well, there weren't any trains in 94. There's the monorail, which I guess is kind of train. Um, but, like, it's of course, it's 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 it's, it's space-themed. But, I mean, it, it has the functionality of the train. But either way, like, since the trains aren't, since trains aren't my jam, I didn't count the, the 94 – the 95 trains against it by any means or anything like that. Um, it's cool if you like trains and if you, it's good, this certainly lots of cool. Um, if you, if you're a crane enthusiast, 95 is the year for cranes clearly uh, as they're in a whole bunch of sets. Um, but there, uh, yeah, I'm going to go 95 on this one. I'm going 95. So 94 technic. Good space. Great town. Great. Pirates, good. Castle, almost non-existent. Why was Belleville there? Model team, great. Uh, Paradise is the thing. And then 95, we've got space. I'm going to go with good, not great. Don't like that ship as much? I like the ship. But Unitron, as a theme, had four sets total, mm. one of which was the monorail from the year before. <laughs> Unitron is a relatively forgettable space sub-theme. It might have been the small... Uh, Unitron's tied with uh, RoboForce <laughs> for the, the smallest space theme. And Crater Critters, while it's very charming, doesn't stand up against RoboGuardian. Oh, certainly not. Yeah, yeah. Agreed there. But but so space good. Pirates great. Town great. Train, uh, train. is adventurous. <laughs> Model team good. I like. I mean, Redbird Rig had so much to do, and Blue Fury is like. You're a car guy. You put it on your. You're a Gary. You put it on your shelf. And then you sell Gary it. Gary Allen, Blue Fury, go get it. Um, Castle, great. Aquazone, new, fresh, great. Technic, also good. It's like black car, black dinosaur, whatever. Um, and then Paradisa, I think, I think 95 Paradisa has 94 Paradisa licked. Ah, either way, um, Paradisa, Paradisa, they, they, they cancel each other out for me. <laughs> yeah, they cancel each other out. Um, I don't, I don't really know what train in 95 would have gone against in 94. Like it's just more more town, or the monorail perhaps, but there wasn't space as I mean spirious. All right, um, it's super close. It is. Close. I have 
I have connections with, let's see. I've got connections with like seven of the sets in 94, and I've got connections with Got like nine, eight or nine of the sets in '95. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give it to '95 um, by the slimmest of margins, though. Yeah, if this was real, this one's probably the the, the toughest one I've I've had to try to do to come up with like to with a winner. I think this is probably the toughest one because it's because they're so close together. Yeah, and we got that another one of those coming up where they're sequential years, and it's gonna be tough. Yeah, so let's take a look. Let's say ninety-five. You got connection to both years. I don't really have any connection to any of these, so I'm just going purely by aesthetics and potentially what what, what they did. So, like, it's 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 interesting. <laughs> I can't say anything other than it's interesting that we both came up with ninety-five, even though, and we both thought it was real close. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good with ninety-five. So uh, next week is eighty-eight, which is. That's the first year we're looking at in all of these. Yeah, first year. 88 versus 2009. Um, that's going to be interesting because I don't think 2009 was particularly good, but 88 is so far back that I'm not sure. Like, you wouldn't have had pirates in a castle space and town and technic. And that's that's what we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 98 and 2000 is going to be pretty close. Um, anything else coming up that's close? No, I mean, we're going to run into some close matchups in the, the quarter, like 2011, 2012. Yeah. And uh, 89 versus 91. It'll be interesting. Let's see it. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if this is going to be hard to determine, like, if it's going to get easier, if it's going to get harder to tell who the clear winner is as we go on. Is there going to be, are there going to be a lot of uh, runaway leads going forward or, or is everything since it's beaten something else, everything is at an elevated level of this is a good year. It's probably going to be that, but so, so it'll be good year against good year. Now it's not going to be a, as much we had a couple runaways. Like we're already going to, we, we by the first, full round we're already gonna have weeded out all the years that are just bad yeah it yeah it, it's, it's not too late to guess what what year you think is going to take the entire thing you've got me down with 97 it's probably not going to happen but that's my guess do you have a guess paul i do not no when we get through all the it. years at least the, the first round then maybe i'll then i'll see a lot of people who have been guessing have been guessing years where it's like, this is the year that I got back into Lego. It's because like all these sets were out and they all appealed to me so much enough. So to get me back into buying it, they're all kind of rooting for their home team. Yeah. Um, my home team is not when I got back into Lego, but when I thought Lego was at its peak as a, as a child. So I'm going to say 97 is my year. You got to pick a year <laughs> by the end of <laughs> coming up, man, you're running out of time to, to, to seal in your guess. I want to see them all first. <laughs> okay, okay. So F so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven more weeks, and then you'll have seen all thirty-two years and you and can I'll pick, pick yeah, I'll which pick one is gonna happen. Yep. Well, I mean that's that's our show for tonight, so get us out of here, Paul.
only an hour and 27 minutes this time. So it. We, <laughs> we kept it a little bit more manageable, hopefully. This for the bracket, let me tell you, this bracket is, um, I wonder if the bracket segment's going to go faster when I don't have to explain each set, because it's the same photos. It's going to be the same photos in the I second think- round. I think the next round it'll be it'll be a faster way to get through, and and you could tell this is this is right in your wheelhouse. This one because you knew you had, you had like deep insight on every single one of the ones that we had. Yeah, so. if it was like if we're looking at 2007 and 2008, I've been like, here's some here's the fucking helicopter. I don't know what's next. <laughs> exactly. Leave a comment below. What year do you think is going to win this between 94 and 95? Which year would you have picked? Uh, between eighty-eight and the other one, <laughs> eighty-eight <laughs> and oh nine. Which year do you think it's going to be? Um, what else? If you'd like to be on the show and you think you might have an interesting perspective to share with everybody and to all of your fellow viewers and listeners, uh, reach out to us um, and either via the comments or uh, any of our social media contacts. Uh, find us on Facebook uh, with our real names. Find us on Instagram at the handles that are listed there. Uh, check out all the shows in the Cool Table Network, a uh, a network of, sh- of of podcasts that are all nerd related. Not all the episodes are family friendly, but they're all part of a friendly family. If you are interested in any of that stuff, check out RomoCollectors dot com, where you can find a listing of all the shows in the Cool Table Network, as well as other Romo Collector stuff. Buy Rockbox for for uh, TFCon Rustin, uh, or you can get it shipped to you like I will be if you're not attending the show. Um, Ooh. Check- <laughs> check out what else is on there check out the the uh the photos that are featured on enter the realm on mondays check out audio versions of all the podcasts that are done on youtube uh either way check out RomanCollectors.com. it's got a wealth of, wealth of information on shows uh related to the cool table network and other things as well so check it out and leave us a comment i got one more shout out and that's check out a podcast called is it who are these podcasts? Who are these podcasts? Something like that. It's a podcast between two guys who listen to relatively unknown podcasts and just shit on them. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's some that they like, but I listen to them for like 40 minutes, make fun of the all sorted podcast. And it was. It was all right. They, they I mean, they had some just points uh, against the all sorted podcast, but overall, overall, they're just using things out of context and and making fun of them any way they could. And the one guy, the one guy is in marketing, and he had no idea what a blind bag was or how how it was important at all to the toy industry. And I was like, all right, good luck with that job, guy. <laughs> Clearly, he, he does marketing for much higher levels than toy store stuff. I he guess. was laughing his ass off at the idea of buying a collectible minifigure and not knowing what you're getting. I was like the, that the first time I saw him. Like, why would I want to buy this? I don't know what's inside. <laughs> that has clearly changed. If he's, I mean, yeah, maybe he's in marketing in a totally different spectrum. But if he's that unplugged from, from like uh, retail marketing like that, then I, I would not hire him. <laughs> to to market something or to review podcasts that no one asked him to review. Yeah. Have you, have you ever um, heard of the podcast, How Did This Get Made? It's 
something is relatively similar, but it's it's comedians and stuff like that. So Jason Manzukis is one of them uh, that's in there, and then they just they just go over ridiculous concepts for movies that have been made. So it's actually mostly popular movies. But like, how the hell did this get made? It's it's is is the premise basically. But if if you want a good companion piece to All Sorted, you can listen to uh, Who Are These Podcasts uh, <laughs> rendition of All Sorted. Because they love it clearly. Oh, they they pick a they pick one episode, maybe the most recent when they, at the time of recording, and they listen to it independently, and then they come together with sound bites from the episode. And I'd like to believe that they have some podcasts that they enjoyed, but I also could totally believe that they have never liked any of them, and that's the idea. That's yeah, exactly. I think that's that's more fun for them and probably for their listeners is is when they don't like them. <laughs> that that's all, folks. Good night, everybody. Uh.